laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Who huh? should have this person locked up and looked at? Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. My biggest advice for like anybody, and not that anybody was like asking for advice, but someone told me this once, and it's the thing that I've lived my life by. You should always have enough work to go at an email's notice. Because like the second that anything comes across your table, you should be able to be like, oh, here's like the two pilots I have, and th- and this is the this I have, and these are the two odds. Like you're, you should always have just like a, a shit ton of stuff to just like send, like good stuff, like stuff that you're proud of, um, that you can send out to people. Today's episode of You Can't Laugh at That is our very first two-part episode featuring our special guest, Eitan Levine, from New York City. He is a journalist, producer, and on-air talent at Elite Daily, Cheddar, Mashable, and so much more, as well as writing his own porn parody version of the musical Hamilton, known as Hamilton. Aton has been featured in the New South Comedy Festival, as well as the Cleveland Comedy Festival, the Motor City Comedy Fest, Baltimore Comedy Festival, and so much more, including his own comedy festival known as Apartment Fest. This episode has been broken down into two episodes focused on the topic of coronavirus, comedy, and cancer. The three C's that we should all know and love, or at least know and roll with the punches that are thrown by. With that being said, welcome to You Can't Laugh at That. It's also like a big apartment. Like, it's not an insignificant... We had apartment fest in this apartment. Do you know yeah, what that on your website? That's such like I love house shows, so that's that's so fun. And you got sponsors, that's amazing. Yeah, we got uh, Sticky's finger joints and over like six trays of chicken fingers, <laughs> and uh, and a bunch of uh, fries, and then we got Hedonist sent over like a shit ton. It's a hot sauce company that just sells hot sauce, so they sent over like a shit ton of hot sauces. Did you reach out to them? Like, how did that? How did that? Yeah. Fly? I'm, I'm, what I'm really good at is, uh, or what, yeah, I'll start admitting this. What I'm really good at is if I think of something that I like, or I'm like, oh, this is like a silly idea. I think like a day or two after I think of the initial idea, if I still like it, then I'll start to figure out like, what's the biggest possible iteration of this. So with apartment fest, it was like, it literally was because I got rejected from like three festivals in a row. One of the festivals never even applied to. They just sent me an email. They were like, we don't want you to come perform. And I was like, thank you. I don't know who you are. New South? No, I'm just, no I wasn't New South. New South the Great. I did New South. Um, but they, I was like, well, I can just, what does it really take to be, to do like a festival? Like it just takes a name, a location and a logo. And that's like pretty much it. So I just was like, well, I could put like 10 people in my apartment. I could put 15 
people in my living room, essentially. And then like, I, you know, five, com- 20 people in my living room, it's cramped. It's definitely not open, but you know, it, it's doable. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, let me, let me see if it's, a, if I can, if I, so I spent $6 and I got a logo off of Fiverr. Yep. And so that's, so once you get a logo legitimacy straight up, that's how it works. It's legitimacy. <laughs> so then I was like, Oh, now they have this logo. And so I put it up and then all, the, and I just was like free submission to this festival in my apartment in Manhattan, 135 comics apply. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. So when 135 comics applied, then I was like, Oh, this is scale. Like this is, scalable this is straight up a scalable thing also i had to add another night so it was like there's an industry panel with the best of fest showcase that was like you know and this is all in my fucking living room so so then it was like so then i emailed all these companies i was like hey i got 135 comics that that are applying to this it's clearly take something there's something here like it's taken off and then like most of them got back to me and were like, yeah, we'll give you stuff. We don't care. Like, cause I knew that I was, a, I knew I, I, so because of digital media and because of my writing background, I have always, I knew about like the, just the concepts of like branded content and really like what companies will do for, for free, you know, exposure. And like, I, you know, I, I wasn't taking advantage of these places. Like I was very open with them. I told them like, we're going to release a podcast. It may be nothing. It probably will be nothing. At most, like we're gonna have you know a couple hundred people, and maybe like a hundred people as part of this event over the days. And you're just open and honest with them, and they were like, "Oh, that's cool." You know, we'll we'll send over a box of hot sauces. We'll send over like a tray of chicken fingers. We'll send over, uh, you know, uh, there's a place called Dough Scoopable Cookie Dough, uh, which is just like you can just eat cookie dough, like it's ready to eat cookie dough. So like she was like, yeah, we'll send over just a bunch of cups of cookie dough. Like it's nothing to them. Like every company has a budget allotted for this stuff. So then it was like, oh, Apartment Fest logo is now surrounded by fucking, you know what? I Let me screen share this with you guys. Oh, I can't. Okay. Whatever. The oh, Apartment can't. Fest logo though is now the Apartment Fest logo surrounded by a bunch of other logos. <laughs> So all of a sudden, it really looks like a fucking festival. So you know what I mean? Like it's, it. it I don't you know. Show like us it, now. It doesn't need to be anything more than than it needs to be. I think that people put too much like prestige and 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 uh, I don't know. Like just do it your fucking self. Yeah, show us the logo. You should be able to know. Oh, I can. Okay, yeah. let me get to it. Yeah, like you're saying, all you need is a logo, and people are like, "Oh, this is a real thing," and it's great because, like you were saying, like. Fiverr, you can just jump on and pay a few bucks for a professionally made logo. Like it's they great. didn't they didn't ask you things like how many followers do you have or things of that nature. No, okay, wait, wait. Here we go. I, I let me. I'll answer that in a second. Okay, this is so. Okay, apartment <laughs> fest, right? The logo. Yeah, six bucks off Fiverr. Like that was it, you know. And then let me see if I can. And then like fucking. <laughs> That's like awesome. it just it, you, you see what I'm saying? Like New yeah. Belgium is uh, they get beer to um, stand up New York, yeah. And uh, so Sam, so I just I knew stand up New York, uh, and so you know, they were like, yeah, we'll throw you know. I think they gave us six cases. That's nothing. It's a lot to us. Yeah. You know, we were drinking beer for a while, but like you know, it was nothing to them. Um, Laugh Pass was 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 a stand up New York uh, same venture. 
Um, Wet is is a lubricant, but they didn't end up sending over stuff. They, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would go from a comedy festival to something much deeper. <laughs> well, I knew them from Hamilton. Okay, you need to talk about that too. Um, yeah. just, just so you know, Jeremy did start recording. Uh, I noticed the recording. That's why I started being more professional. Yeah. <laughs> sounding. I mean, you can still started, use words like fuck and shit. You're yeah. Right front, yeah. <laughs> one time, you know, one time I wrote an article for, uh, for bro, a bro Bible and I sent them the article and the only edits they made were, they sent it back with the word shit written in a bunch more. <laughs> like they just, <laughs> like they just added curse words to it. And I remember emailing them back and be like, Hey, first off, I caught these three grammar mistakes. <laughs> also, who fucking edited this? <laughs> <laughs> they just added the word shit everywhere. And they were like, yeah, dude. Like, I was like, can you take some of them out? And they were like, sure. Bro Bible is the only website where you, where you can have your articles edited by a dude named Skiz. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking U of Arizona edited my fucking article. This plays well with our, with our group, with our demographic. Listen, Chaz. Yeah. Tone it okay. down. This is, this is before we, I mean, we're recording. I'm cool getting this on, on audio. Can you Irish coffee with vodka? What's, can you, does it have to be whiskey? What can I put in my It's Russian right coffee. Now? Cognac. Uh, okay. Who has tequila. fucking cognac? What? Like brandy or cognac or uh, whiskey or tequila works. Yeah. If you oh, use I, vodka, it's Russian. Is a Russian, is a Russian coffee a thing? No, I made that up. Oh man, that was. <laughs> I mean, okay, wait. Is a thing. Vodka. Have, like, or something. A vodka. I have no clue. Wait, brandy. How long does brandy last? I stole a bunch of. I stole a bunch of brandy from my grandmother's house. <laughs> Lasts a long time. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's just like wine. Like brandy is. I mean, it's a derivative of grapes too. So like. Yeah, it probably is good, right? I'm not gonna get strychnine. Or. You <laughs> <laughs> should be all right. Botulism. You should be all all I just, so when my grandmother, when my grandmother died, I just stole, I was in her house. I took all of like the booze and stuff. So like now I fucking drink like it's mad men. Oh, I just thought you guys, your sponsorships are getting real crazy now. Oh yeah. This this episode of the podcast is brought to you by blue carousel. (laughs) 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 It's just fucking insane. Yeah, that and coffee together is just—it's a fantastic blend of. Wow. Hey, brandy! It's gonna be brandy, guys. Yeah, that's a good move. Uh, I had brandy good. and coffee the other day. Ooh, so, not- did when you guys when you started getting those sponsorships? Did you? Did they ask you like, what are your your credits or credentials or yeah. how many followers do you have or? Yeah, there's always a proof of concept. With I, luckily for me, I had like a bit, pretty big uh, digital media background and like i've just been active in you know i on I, my career I, i've sort of defined as like i've been this weird hybrid of like comedian and journalist and what that is equated to is being like pretty good with like just digital media contents and, and concepts and working with brands so i was able so i was able to go to them and like show them like hey like i've done all this thing like i'm an avn winner like i I, uh, you know, like I have all these numbers. I was like Elite Daily's like top writer for a long time. Like I have all these things I did. I was, I produced and, and, uh, created the two highest rated shows on Cheddar for, and you know, Cheddar's not that big of a deal, 
but like they were like multi-million viewed uh, shows and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're able to go to them with like a pile of work, I think my big, this is the thing, my biggest advice for like anybody and not that anybody was like asking for advice, but someone told me this once and it's the thing that I've lived my life by. You should always have enough work to go at an email's notice. Cause like the second that anything comes across your table, you should be able to be like, Oh, here's like the two pilots I have. And, th and this is the, this I have. And these are the two, I like you're eight. You should always have just like a, a shit ton of stuff to just like send like good stuff, like stuff that you're proud of um, that you can send out to people. That now, was something someone, how do you have that package? Do you have that package like in an email, like, or, or do like a website? You just go, Hey, you know, these are the things I've done. Go to this website. Well, first of all, you should have a website. Everyone should fucking have a website by now. There's no reason, even if you have nothing to show on that website, if you have a Twitter account and a picture, that a, the, a website could literally just be a picture of yourself. Hi, I'm, you know, I'm Craig Carden. That, that's an actual person. I, <laughs> I, I don't know why I was, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it literally one page that just says, you know, like, hi, I'm David Horning, comedian contact email twitter like that's it like it's you know everyone should have at least that so and that also is le legit even though it's not legitimacy it's legitimacy it's spending five dollars on uh on fiverr hmm. it's the same kind of concept in my head yeah and that i mean that's the beauty of things now is you can look legitimate and not even be legitimate <laughs> like yeah uh, uh, but then, but here's the difference though. Okay. Watch my advice gets terrible for now on. <laughs> like, you know, you gotta do start chasing women <laughs> through the streets. No mask. They love being valued. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, what was your question? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so much a question. It's just like the beauty of, of today is, is you can get online and, like almost fake it till you make it. But when it comes to the point, like you were saying, like you need to have that content ready to go. Like yeah. luck, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is, I mean, the old adage is like, luck is when opportunity meets preparedness. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I have a, I have a sketch packet. Like I have uh, stand up videos. I have yeah. like, you know, videos that I've made from home and like blog posts and like I buy the boatload. So I'm like, yeah, you get it. You just, yeah. you just have to have stuff. I mean, like, just be competent. I think it's just be competent. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's like the other thing. Just like be competent about, okay, I have my Irish coffee or my, is it still Irish if it's brandy? Does it have an official name if it's just brandy and coffee? It's a coffee a la Aton nowadays. I mean, yeah. one thing I noticed, I don't know if you have this problem in New York, but in Cleveland, comedians are great communicators, but they're terrible organizers. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. so just so much is having, like, hey, I want to do this show that you're hosting. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'd love to have you on, but do you have any material whatsoever that I can listen to or watch? And most of them are like, I'm going to need a couple days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happens here. I don't It's It's a combat, but also to each their, like, I'm not going to fault someone who, like, isn't, trying to like make it or something or like isn't like at a level yet or they just started for not having a website or for you know that that stuff comes with it just like be cognizant of the entire time like just be, check in with yourself and like know where you're at you know know what the, you know always be pushing you know know what to you know 
know when to get those things. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you got to be able to learn from people who have done. Like, there are so many people who have done it. So you know, yeah. what bothers me are, is when people are like, "Well, why am I not getting on this show?" And it's like, "Well, you don't have, you know, you don't have a video, you don't have a website, you don't have like." Yeah. Yeah. But I even think it's deeper yeah. than that. Asking, but the constantly asking, like, "Why am I not getting on the show?" It's like, like I don't get on. I there's a, so many shows I don't get on, and it's, there's so many shows that like I assume I'll just get on at some point. You know, I just you just gotta fucking do your own stuff. I. Well, okay, let's tie it into this, you know, like the uh, improv and like the improv theaters and stuff like that. Like we're in coronavirus right now. UCB closed in New York. Uh, a lot of the stand-up theaters are not going to be reopening. I got to assume there's, you know, it just, that's just like a fact of it. So I think that what I have been, do I've never really tied myself to like a theater theater. Like I've never, like, you know, like I've, I've never, let me rephrase that. I, I, cause I have tied myself to theaters. I just, I've let those. <laughs> I say like, we don't know who's coming back. We don't know all these hierarchies, all these structures, all these, uh, you know, things that have been set up. We don't know what's coming back. And that means that it's going to be so much DIY stuff. It's going to be so much just like looking out and making sure that you're doing what you need to be doing, you know, um, away from, like fucking or the organized comedy. And I'm not saying organized comedy is bad because, you know, that's what specials are and that's what clubs are and that's, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, have, have that own drive and, you know, entrepreneurship inside of you. Jesus Christ. I am <laughs> now yeah. My worst enemy. I'm Jordan Belfort now. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, you can sit around and wait to get passed by clubs or you can just like go out and just put the work in and put the work in and eventually you'll become undeniable. Um, and like that's what Apartment Fest was. Like yeah. Apartment yeah. Fest was literally that. It was uh, not getting into festivals and then just starting my own festival. You can't laugh at that. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, uh, the podcast where we take topics that traditionally you aren't supposed to laugh at and we find perspectives on how you can laugh at that to prove that, yeah, you can laugh at that um our guest today what do you guys think about black people no, no i'm joking i'm joking i am joking <laughs> uh that yeah we we shot that one down man uh we we said no we said none of the racist stuff for this episode we'll have you on for that episode later <laughs> today we are going to talk about the uplifting positive breath of fresh air we need in the midst of a coronavirus ridden world <laughs> The topic of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> cancer patients are uh, getting fucked by this also. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see where this goes. I mean, we'll take the conversation wherever it goes. Um, our guest today uh -huh. is uh, Eitan Levine. Eitan is based out of New York. So are you from New York uh, uh, originally? Yes, I am from, uh, I was born in Queens and uh, moved, sorry, I was born in the Bronx then I was in Queens and then they moved to Jersey. And then I was in Jersey from the time I was like two until uh, college. And then I went uh, to Yeshiva University, which is an all boys Jewish college. Mazel so, tov. Thank you. Um, no women. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Like. It was terrible, actually, I would say. It was, it was my, it's actually, I think my biggest mistake is going to that college. And I mean that sincerely, completely. <laughs> <laughs> like one they, thing. they uh, hated me there i hated them it was awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we've moved on it, it's it's part of who you are now 
Epic. You know, their, their legal head followed me on Twitter yesterday. Oh. Swear to God, Avi Lauer. Hashtag uh, goals. What's he, exactly. What's he out there uh-huh. saying? That's what they want to know. You know, I almost got expelled from there once because, and actually now I'm remembering why his name was significant. When I was in sophomore year of Yeshiva University, I had a porn star on YU Radio, Yeshiva University Radio, Joanna Angel, I swear to God, was on my radio show. And let me tell you, the deans and, and presidents of Yeshiva University and the Sai Sim School of Business were not, not happy about that at all. Um, and there was like a whole email chain I was forwarded between like all of the board members and then like the president and stuff. They were like, oh, it's this guy. We got to get him in here. Um, and then I, I had like a meeting with like the deans and stuff. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm not, I'm not welcome at cer- certain churches because of undermining pastors. <laughs> one time a guy, like you were, yeah. One time a guy was doing a speech on, um, oh fuck, what's the book with, uh, Tom Hanks did, did the movie uh, the, uh, Angels or uh, Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code, and I I asked the pastor. He did this whole thing about how the whole thing's blasphemy and blah blah blah. And I asked him like, if I were to go and buy that book, what section of the bookstore would I find it? And he said the fiction section. And I was like, that's all I need to know. And I sat back down, and that was enough to get me kicked out of that church. Wait, what? But how is that even an argument? The Bible is in the because you were saying that the Bible is in the Christian section is in the fiction section. No, the the Da Vinci Code's in the in the fiction section. So he's trying to claim that something that is written fictionally is actually just blasphemy for having written it at all. It was like this, this is the dumbest hour I've ever spent in my life. Wait, but why was he angry at you? I don't understand why he was angry. Because I undermined him because he was trying to claim that the author of the Da Vinci Code. The, the pastor was trying to claim that the author of the Da Vinci Code believed in what he was r- writing about, and he wanted to um, blaspheme the Bible, and this is his form of doing it. And I was like, "This is ridiculous." He's talking about what a fictional. Idiot. What a fiction! He's talking about a fictional tale. So yeah, I'm not allowed back at that church anymore. <laughs> and it's called the. I, we could probably edit this out, but the church is called uh, Church of the Open Door. So the, the irony of that was fantastic. What a shitty name for a, for a church. My favorite church um, that was in Jersey was a place called Church of the Assumption. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that's, that's religion, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, way to be so heavy-handed in your uh, <laughs> name, church. Church of the Open Door, Church of the Assumption. And yeah, I grew up Catholic. That was fun. Uh, oh, a lot man. of people there. I grew up orthodox modern orthodox I, I grew up in like all boys jewish schools and stuff like that so a lot of a lot of differing opinions and perspectives i assume then right yeah what was fun <laughs> about it was that they let you be creative in your own ways oh that's Did cool they? no yeah. it was weird. <laughs> i was like oh there's hope for humanity no, we didn't learn secular stuff before 1230 every day. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, we'd get up, we'd have two hours. We'd have like a half hour prayer. Then we'd have like two hours of Talmud. And then we would have like 45 minutes of like, uh, of like the Bible or like, or like prophets or something. And then you would have lunch and then it was like, okay, now that you guys are exhausted and have no more mental space, let's teach you how to read. <laughs> and, and, and they only feed you like healthy food that's good for your brain right yeah now that you've spent all morning 
having your brain blasted out with Aramaic and your lunch uh, just by shitty kosher food. Let's try to get you to understand Don Quixote. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do that. I got, I got a terrible education, like a truly bad education. Uh, that sounds, I mean, that's pretty universal. Uh, it, just educate. Like, that's why I love comedy so much is it, is it just continues to ask the question, why? Like, why are, are things a certain way? You'd love Judaism. You would love Judaism. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's not strict at all, right? There's no, I, it's not, I, that's not strict. It's strict. It'll, but you get to ask questions. What I appreciate Judaism, in Judaism more than any other religion is that I think that you can ask as many questions as you want. Like you really, they're really like the rab. It's not that the rabbis like shut everything down. Like they logic out of it, but it is, you're able to ask and stuff like that. I think there was never, I was never not allowed to ask questions. In Judaism, how often do they tell you like, I'll pray about it. Oh, I hated that. I hated that answer. I hated when that answer. I won the AVN for Hamilton. Uh, so that's my, one of my bigger credits. My two big credits are that I am a New York times writer and I have two AVN porn awards. Uh, <laughs> And because uh, I wrote Hamilton, the Hamilton porn parody, uh, which you can go watch on Pornhub right now. And uh, it's a marital aid. So, like, save your marriage. Uh, the uh, when I won it, the uh, uh, my the principal or something in my old school, like put my name on a prayer list. So people were like praying for me. <laughs> but but there, it's not the devil in, in Judaism. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm the devil in Judy. No, Jews <laughs> like me. I think deep down, Orthodox Jews hate me. Now, I've always, uh, I've always found it interesting that I mean, do you, do you, do you attribute the the openness to asking questions uh, in Judaism to the fact that there is there are so many there are a lot of Jewish comics and like I, I feel like Jews love reverse reverse that sentence. Okay, explain. Com- there's so many Jews in comics because all because oh, you're encouraged to question. Yeah, it's, it's not that we're encouraged to question, and then uh, also comics are the, like it's it's directly related. I think. Yeah. All you do is you ask. But all you Judaism is literally just like fighting back until you're given an answer to a question. Like you really like you know it's that's what it is. Like any conversation with a rabbi, I've seen so many contentious rabbi debates. And like, why? It's just over the like the journey to truth, you know. And the answer is because you're allowed to, and because it's you're supposed to care about finding out the reasons why. Like, you're it's it's encouraged. It doesn't want you to be doing this blindly, right? No, I and I mean that's that's what I love about comedy is it's just like the continuing of asking questions. Like, yeah. there is no like one objective truth, and that's the beauty of of like. That's why so many people can have jokes about the same topic, but be so different in their own way. Like, that's what I love about, you know, this art. Yeah. Form, right? And then just like to that point also, the better jokes come like with the deeper questions that you ask yourself, like, like that old trope, like, Oh, you like, I'd be truthful, be honest with like, it's like accurate. Cause you'll see like the deeper, the better jokes are the ones where like you do take the time to ask yourself like how you feel about this and like what your personal perspective is. Right. And when I asked you uh, to, to jump on this podcast, well, first of all, you were supposed to be in Cleveland a few weeks ago. Uh, sorry that that didn't work out. Thanks for apologizing for starting coronavirus. 
Yeah, no, I, I actually got it, uh, which is super cool. Oh, I got my antibody test uh, a couple days ago. I should be finding out if I got antibodies. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, so when I went to the ER, uh, my vitals were good and there were like not enough tests. So they were like, you're not at risk of dying. Uh, so we test you. But this is you what you want to hear. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. So I'm not going to die. Um, which is great. But uh, so so I, it was never confirmed that I had that I had it. But I I haven't been sick in six years. Like I my how'd you get it? Do you know how you got it? Uh, so my roommate came home sick, and uh, a few days later I got what he had. Um, I'll have what he's yeah. yeah, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, you know what? He seems like he's having a good time. I want to jump in on this. Um, <laughs> Uh, and that's what happened. But Wait, so, uh, how bad was it? What'd you What'd you get? What was it like? So, I uh, luckily for me, it didn't go after my lungs. Um, it, my I had a fever of one hundred four point five, which is like the highest fever I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, like I, uh, I cold. Like I went from being ice cold to burning hot in a matter of seconds. Like um, standing up was the most difficult. Like I had to put that on my daily to do list to like stand up and get myself water. Because um, it how was. Is- what does that mean? Was it painful or was it just it was, like tiring? It was tiring. Um, my so I had uh, a splitting, splitting headache. Like the worst. I, I never get headache, headaches. Like I hydrate super well, and uh, yeah, I mean my head was just throbbing. I was very like I would stand and like get super, super dizzy for a moment, and I would have to like just stand there for a minute before I started taking steps. Um, That's and, insane. And, uh, yeah, the doctor was like, I mean, traditionally headaches aren't really a symptom of it, but they're, they're starting to find out that, you know, it's it's becoming a symptom of it. And uh, we don't know anything about this. We think you have it. But and I was like, I'm, I'm going to tell people I have it. Don't worry. Uh, did you did you lose like your taste and like smells and everything? Or uh, I lost my appetite for a couple of days. Like I had one grapefruit for two days and that like held me over. Like I, I wasn't stu- like I wasn't sick to my stomach at all. Um, but I was like laid out for like two days. I had no eating or like moving or thinking even. Did they give you like remdesivir and stuff like that? They gave me extra strength Motrin just to handle the fever. Oh, good, good. That's what Trump was. No, I remember if we want to get to talk about coronavirus, do we want to talk about coronavirus in comedy or do we want to, how do we want to proceed? Well, uh, I mean, I feel like this is a good segue. Eventually, we can get to uh, the actual topic for, for today. Yeah. Um, but I mean, because it is, you know, it's so, it's, everybody's dealing with it right now. I mean, it, yeah, you, you got to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down for whatever, man. But our conversation takes us. No, the, no, because it, it was funny because one day, so when my grandmother, my grandmother uh, passed away because of it a couple weeks ago, uh, and I remember thinking that like it was over when they when my mom was like, "All right, the doctors are putting her on remdesivir," and then like ten minutes later, Trump was pushing it, and I was like, "Fuck, she's done. That's it. That's it." <laughs> it was like comical. Like my mom's like, "She's on some malaria drug now, rem something or other," and then he's like, "It's the best drug in the whole fucking world." <laughs> Was this before or after the uh, the disinfectant debacle? Oh my god! It's, no, this was before. This is early on. He was just throwing shit at the wall and like seeing like what would <laughs> stick. But he'd but throw it at the wall and be like, "This is gonna stick." Nope. All right. How about uh, this one's gonna? 
Nope, that's not sticking out there. Okay, here we go. How about hydrochloroquine? <laughs> I was being oh. so <laughs> about that. Yeah, it just it was, it was wild. I, I tweeted, but I think that he should have to try everything that he suggests. <laughs> like a jackass where he just like gets in front of the press conference and is like, like, hi, I'm Donald Trump. This is the white house. And then just like injects bleach into his arm. I'm with it. That's a great Did idea. I, is that a stand-up joke? I have, that's a stand-up joke, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> I should write that down. That's yeah. Yeah. Doing. Make a note. I never thought of it like that, but that's what everyone after a while like no one trusts him anymore. By the time that the, the bleach injecting bleach thing happened, everyone was already like, we don't trust this fucking guy. And then yeah. he was like, no, no, just inject the bleach. And everyone's like, no, no, you're right. No, we were right to not trust him. <laughs> I mean, that, that goes just the whole leadership thing. Like would your CEO do what he is asking you to do? If not, he's not, a, he like, they're not a leader. <laughs> no, this is, it's, it's such a perfect storm of, of it's such a shitty perfect storm of, of just, it, it's it's there's no good fallout to this. It's just like it's the worst thing to happen with the least competent person at top at the top of it. It's just crazy because like at one point, like early on when Pence would come on, everyone was like, "Thank God Michael Pence is here." And like when people started like getting excited for Pence to come in and like fix, because every press conference was Trump would go out there and be like, "Everyone just bathe in Clorox." And then Pence would go on to be like, thank you so much, President, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, and then he would, like, deliver, you know, don't bathe in Clorox. <laughs> we live in a world where we're like, finally, the guy who wants to shock the gays. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, loving science. Pence is loving science right now. He's, <laughs> he's, he's loving it. Uh, this is the world that we live in. It's beautiful. It I think Pence is looking at, sci at like some of these science reports and is like, we should teach this stuff in school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wait, I'm sorry. This is now just straight up cultivation of material. <laughs> yeah. man. We, we've, had, we've had a few, uh, few episodes where it was like, dude, you need to turn this into a bit. I don't know why <laughs> you haven't yet because it's so good. Um. Yeah, man, uh, it's it's been such a weird time right now, and everybody's kind of dealing with the same thing in a different way. Which is, um, I mean, it, which is how you know you, you have your experience out there, which is why it's so welcome in the universe. Is just um, if you haven't read it, uh, well, first of all, Aton, I want to shout out your social media. Uh, Thank you. Everyone yeah. can go look at this tweet right now if you want. Yeah, how about you? Know, be a good experiment. I'm going to put up this tweet now, and then I'll let you know how it's doing by the end of this broadcast yeah perfect right okay this is what i wrote and i'll let you get you know what i'm usually do i'll let you guys edit it with me sure so this will be like a team team tweet i've never done this do you mind if i share the screen is that cool yeah go ahead okay let's do this i don't know sorry for also taking over this no it's quite all right do you think pence is reading these science reports like coronavirus and thinking man these are great we should teach this stuff this how about we should teach this science stuff in school <laughs> How do we feel about that? Do we feel it's ready to tweet? Man, these are great. We should teach this science stuff in school. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Like that? Yep. Yeah? You good? It looks good. Tweet? Right, we'll see what happens. End it. And then we'll update that later. Cool. Oh, John Mark Seracy. He's great. He's so funny. He's so great. He's like a machine. 
Yeah. He's, he's like a stand-up writing uh, machine. Yeah, I did the um, Laughing Devil Festival and the Devil's Cup Festival. They rejected me, and they were the first festival to get that. I think, like, in between getting rejected and having it shut down because of Corona, they were the first one, and it felt real good and then real bad. <laughs> You're like, fuck you, I'm going to do this in the park fast. Yeah, no, he's, he, he swept both of them. Like, he won both of them because he's... He's one of those guys that, uh, to me, just... Sorry, I keep on cutting you off. You know what the issue is? I talk Jewish, and if you talk Jewish, you talk over each other. But Zoom cancels the fucking mic out whenever I talk, so I'm literally just cutting you off every time I speak. It's usually the last word of my sentence that you cut off, so that's fine. The thought is already there. I feel bad. I got to let my Jewish instincts uh, <laughs> chill for like a second. One um, second. <laughs> uh, wait, no, I, I he's, uh, he's to me is someone that I just think will work uh, he'll work forever. I mean, like he's, you know, he'll always be, he's also like recession proof. Like he, I think his jokes are going to be the kind of jokes that people are going to after. I have a theory that comedy after coronavirus, because now we have to think about comedy after coronavirus about like what people are going to literally be laughing at. I think it's going to be one of two things. I think it's either going to be, um, true dark stuff. Like, you know, like military vets have like a darker sense of humor. I think, realistically you got to assume that America is or the world in general is, is having like, we're all going through like something like collectively, even if you don't know someone that died, you're going through it in some, in some way, no one's immune to it. So I think people are going to want to laugh at the real stuff, like the darker stuff. I think like your darker sensibility is going to happen. Or, and I think the other stuff that's going to do really well is the exact opposite. Like the goofy shit, like adult swimmy, like Eugene Mermany, like real goofy, dumb shit is going to, I think people are going to like levitate towards. Yeah. I mean, we all need to laugh at, at this and anybody who's like, Oh, you can't laugh at like COVID or you can't laugh at all this dark stuff is going to be, I mean, those voices are going to just disappear into the ether, which is the, uh, the, uh, the beauty of this whole thing. I mean, yeah. you know, me personally, um, so like after experiencing it, like I went through a, a state of depression, which I haven't gone through in a long time. Like I'm a very optimistic person naturally and uh, going through that, but being able to like look at it and, and follow my train of thought and be like, oh, that's a ridiculous like way of thinking. Well, what, what was jokes about this? What was the thinking that led to the depression though? Uh, just, I mean, all I was focusing on is like what I didn't have in the moment. So I was like, you know, I'm not able to get on stage. I'm not able to like, to work out my, like I'm, I've been laid up for a week. Like I'm tr I'm trying to get, I were, I've been working in the service industry for years. I've been trying to get out of it. And that was my whole goal through this whole quarantine is like, I need to find, like, I need to create an online. Now you don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, well, Ohio's opening back up, which is great. Uh, that's fun. Um, is it fun? How, how does it feel? Do you think that's too soon or not soon enough? I think it's too soon. I, I think it's too soon to assume that people are going to be responsible about it. That's my whole thing. It's like there. I mean, yesterday was a beautiful day. It was like seventy degrees out, sunny, and there's just pictures coming out from these uh, bar patios where there's just um, like people shoulder to shoulder, and no one has masks on. And it's like, no, dude, that, no, that's like, not going to be enforced. It, but that everything I just say, if the same re things that you're describing are exactly why I think that live performance and stand up are going to live way past this. Because even at the height of this, people are still fucking 
clustering together. Like you can't keep people from hanging. No, I mean, that's a natural, that's a natural human instinct. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. I was to host the show in New York tonight, not that I'm doing that at all, but if I was to host a show in a place in New York tonight with everything going on and everyone knowing all of the concerns, I guarantee we would sell out. Yeah. I guarantee oh, yeah. you. I guarantee oh. you, you, sell, you could probably sell like Town Hall. Or Town Hall is like one of the bigger venues. Like a, you could sell at a Broadway theater probably if you were to yeah. put up a show tonight. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'm not sure. a couple because I think that, you know, people, a bunch of people wouldn't go, but I think that you could, you know. I love how we're just like acting like it's all better now. <laughs> yeah. Is it yeah. not? If we don't talk about it, it's not a thing anymore. That's uh, not mission accomplished on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that, because the last. That so much. Last well, couple of he? weeks. That's what we've been doing is we've been doing a victory lap on something we haven't fixed the problem with. We still Trump don't even know. literally doing that. Right. He's been clearing victory over this fucking. First of all, stop treating them like they're Iraqis. Like what? The biggest problem with coronavirus I've been able to tell, and this was tweeted already, and it did really well. So if it doesn't do well here, just know there's eight likes two months ago that'll (laughs) prove you guys wrong. The biggest issue with coronavirus is that there's no one to bomb and feel better about it afterwards. Right. You know, we can't like fucking freedom blast the shit out of this. There's nothing sexy about this. Most cases and let's get rid of it. Fucking Jack Bauer. There's nothing sexy about this. Like, Jack Bauer is never going to, like, where's the virus? Like, he's not going to do that. It's just so, it's, it's, that's why this is not going to be a fun. All the movies about this are going to be boring. It's all, it's going to be stupid. It's all stupid and just getting more stupid. Yeah, it's not sexy. <laughs> it isn't sexy. That's a good point. If uh, coronavirus was sexy, then it would have been handled better. Yeah, you know, I'm actually thankful too. right now that there is no comedy going on in large groups or in clubs because you know what kind the kind of people that are out partying right now or out gathering the worst kind of people. So you Santa wouldn't want, yeah, you wouldn't want to perform in front of those fucking people anyways. Yeah, so fuck them. Yeah, no, that's true. They're a bunch of drunkies. I guess that's a, you know what that I will agree. That's a pretty good argument. The people that are coming to this shit now are definitely the people that are disruptive. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's all the hecklers that are going out and, and, yeah. and getting themselves up and not even the good kind of heckler. Like, no, not the supportive 35 year old white woman complaining that her appetizer isn't warm enough. That's what's going on right now. Right? Mozzarella sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, did you hear I said mozzarella. I know there's a show I paid to be here. (laughs) Mozzarella socks. (laughs) You're ugly. (laughs) And then that's like a show. (laughs) That's never happened before. I mean, (laughs) I'm pretty good with heckling. You know what the issue is? People feel bad heckling me because I talk about cancer and I'm goofy. So you don't win that combination ever. Nope. I don't. I never talk about sex. I don't get anybody on my bad side ever in shows. All it is, and if you don't get people on your bad side, then no one, then you, then no one interrupts you. Is what I have personally found. Laughing. And, and not that I quote crashing because it's not a quotable show, but <laughs> there is an episode that I loved about uh, uh, the about NACA, uh, where Pete and and the misses go to. Uh, 
NACA, which is the college, uh, which is the place you audition for college students. Um, Cause that's like an insane big, big market. Uh, but they go to NACA and then most of you senior. And like the thing about NACA is that all these college kids, like it's like, you gotta do like 15 minutes of the cleanest, most evergreen material possible. Like you go out there and you just do dogs are weird. Dating is silly. Ladies know what I'm talking about. Frat bros are idiots. And like, that's your fit. Like you can only do like, you can't talk about sex. You can't curse. You can't do anything else. And it, creates like a very specific kind of like kind of comic. And like Melissa B. Senior made the point where she was like, you don't want to be like a can of Coke. She was talking to Jamie Lee. She was like, Jamie Lee, like you're not made for this. Like you don't want to be a can of Coke and there's nothing wrong with that. And I remember thinking like a lot of the Caroline's experience was like, I see the kind of comedians are trying to book for this specific venue. And I know that it's not the same comedians that are getting bigger work, but it is a specific kind of comic, if that makes like the comedians that they were getting there, you know, like were I don't know, like not I don't want to diminish it because there's like because you're a comedian you can make I guess the acts that you were watching there <coughs> were very specifically like touristy. You know? Mm-hmm. And you know, and so it was like, do I want to be doing tourist material? Like, is that like a thing I want to do? And now I could do it because I just happen to have like 15 minutes of tourist material. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that forever. You cross the line. I do think you made a pretty good point earlier about how I think that n- now in this post-pandemic world that we're about to get ourselves back into, I, d- I don't think that those comics are going to really thrive the way they did before because – The America that we were before the pandemic was a very happy, well-fed world. Now the world that we're getting back into, they're going to want that so that like the dose of reality at or or even just surrealism. They don't want enough. It's either going to be completely disconnected of reality or just enough reality where it's you know it's real and it's relatable to where they're at in their psyche. I don't think that the typical club comic is really going to, they're going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be fine, but I don't think they're going to thrive like they were. Their material has to change. I think, but also you got to under what I also take to account with this is that we're all like, even the comedians are going through this. So like I, if you're, if you're a comic and your material doesn't change through this, then like, that's, that's bad. Like that's insane. Like that is a, is a commentary. I'm thinking not, not on you as a person, because maybe this isn't for you, and maybe there is someone whose material doesn't change because of this, but if this doesn't affect your material in some specific way, then you're, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, but you're not asking yourself, how do I feel? And I think that that's, like, mm. where a lot of the comedy comes from. Um, People want to know that it's going to yeah. be okay, um, and what are the best ways, I mean, you have to draw attention to it. Like, I mean, we, we had an episode, uh, a couple episodes ago, it was about addressing the elephant in the room, and if you just get on stage and do the same act that you've been doing for this, you've already like not given the audience what they want because this I, is probably the first time they're going out. I've, I've already thought of my first line when I go back to doing stand up after this and it's going to be, man, I can't believe we survived that. I'm just so happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming out. So dating's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine doing a fucking like bumbles crazy? Like, <laughs> There's like certain things that I just, if I was, that were at date, like there's certain things that no one's having sex now. Who's doing dating jokes? No one's been on a date in three months. Right. Like, like no one, every dating joke 
that you had before this is probably not relevant in a lot of ways. And it won't be relevant for about a year. There's like so many things like that where like the day, like the day-to-day experiences, you know, are just different now. Like the, you can't make supermarket jokes now. You can't make airport jokes now because the airport experience isn't the same. So there's a lot of stuff that just like isn't the same anymore. Hospital jokes, doctor jokes. You can't make jokes about doctors anymore. You just can't because like immediately it's, it's, it's like making military jokes after 9-11. Like there's just, a, if someone was to go on stage and start making jokes about incompetent doctors, fucking, I might butthole would tighten up. I think. Yeah. I, I already wrote a doctor jokes, but it was about how my doctor was so oh, confident. It, it, he, like, like I thought I was in love with him. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> just, just See, the, it was like my knight in shining armor in that moment. That's good. I like that joke. I mean, you got to, you know, you, it, and that's the thing is like, people want to know it's okay. Um, I mean, you've obviously got to fuck. Sorry. I just got no, to I haven't not <laughs> in months because of this freaking <laughs> virus. I've wanted to be, this is the only thing that has ever made me want to be married. Like yeah. straight up. I, I, I regret not settling down with anybody before, before this. <laughs> Too soon. Speaking of someone that had coronavirus, do you think just knowing me? Yeah. Do you think I had it? Do I think you had it? <laughs> you think I had the antibodies? What's your, what's your take? Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Gemini. Okay. So keep so, that in mind. Uh, you had it and you didn't. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Two-faced. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. I, five people in my building had it, uh, but we, they had it like in February before anybody was taking this seriously. I think you're okay. I mean, I, I don't think you had it. You don't think I had it? That's from my expert opinion. I think I had, I think if I had it, it would have been a while ago. I think I would have been in the beginning just because there were so many people in my building that had it before it was just, no one, no one was talking about it when people in my building had it. So yeah. I remember that the, the first day it became like a, a thing where like stuff started shutting down. I was walking out of my building and there were, uh, there was a person with a stethoscope walking into my building. And then the next day I was walking out and three people with stethoscopes were walking into my building. And I was like, that's it. This what is- kind of weird porn stuff is happening in my building? Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh no, wait, actually there's a pandemic. Never mind. Mm, swab that shit. Did you did you get the nose thing? No, they they didn't have the test at the time. So the doctor was like, we're just gonna assume you have it. If it gets worse, come back. Uh, but you your vitals look good, your heart and lungs are great, your liver liver levels are a little elevated, uh, just because you've been eating nothing and taking extra tank Tylenol for a couple of days, and that's not good for your liver. No, actually, it's not bad for your liver. Yeah, yeah. Acetaminophen is not uh, great for your liver, but I also just like saying acetaminophen. Acetaminophen sounds like, a, it, you, is it possible to say acetaminophen and not sound like Eminem? <laughs> it, it really isn't. I thought, man, like, Twista can definitely, like, put this on a, on a verse. Acetaminophen! <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that it? Melissa Etheridge's song, Come to My Window, would be the number one hit song of Finding Love in 2020? Oh, that's nice. Although I will tell you right now, I'm not going on any fucking Zoom video dates. Are no. you insane? <laughs> Are you insane? First of all, what a thing that only women want. I, 
<laughs> guys are not excited for if you have a guy that's that says they're excited for a Zoom date, you're dating a liar. <laughs> 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 right, let's see should I write, let's write that one down oh, you know maybe good. I'm judging everything I should write down based off of, of Jeremy is it Jeremy yeah that's Jeremy like, that's a weird way that's a very hippie parents man hippie parents oh man okay Wait, what did I just say that you laughed at these are all tweet drafts now yeah <laughs> I'm an easy laugh so I wouldn't judge no it's too late, <laughs> um, too late. I go to an open mic that Jeremy's at and I don't get a laugh I throw the joke out immediately <laughs> Can't laugh at that. You know what they say about easy laughs, though? Easy guys to get along with. Am I right, ladies? I am the biggest laugher of all time. <laughs> I laugh at everything. Uh, and I think that it makes me a better person for it. Yeah, no, it's a good quality to have, for sure. People open up to me way way more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, 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 that is true. I feel people tell me secrets and shit. Like, uh, yeah. No, yeah, we, we went outside the, uh, the at the Cleveland Comedy Festival and just, like, dumped our lives was this, to one I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> was this before or after you had cancer that people start telling you stuff? Because if you... Oh, man. If you had... If I knew you had cancer, I'd tell you deep secrets, knowing that there's a strong possibility you're going to die with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. I go... Well, this all... Coronavirus started because I... I caught it and then I walked into all these old age homes whispering my secrets in the hallways <laughs> where I know they would never be heard. I was just so approachable and yeah. uh, I was asymptomatic. I it is I there's gonna be a big big conversation by the way about what to do with old people after this. Because <laughs> yeah. we can't leave them they're all just like locked up now. Like it, it's so it's so weird. I there's like look at the upper west side it's pretty much just like synagogues and old age homes up here and like you walk by so and it's like we like i feel like i have to like walk into the street around them like it's it's like there's a bubbleness to it that i think is like needs to be addressed well it's good that we're consciously protecting them uh there is a restaurant that is opening in cleveland for the first two hours of service it's only for like people that are 60 and older yeah, they do that for grocery stores in New York. It's yeah. like after a certain time or before a certain time. Uh, they also do that for um, women in grocery stores in religious Israel. I will say, uh, I when I lived in Israel for a year, I wasn't able, you weren't able to like go to the grocery store like between like two and three thirty every mm. day because that was like religious women time. So if you ever go to Israel, uh, now you know. Yeah, I'll make a note. That's interesting. Bye, bye, guys. (laughs) I was just talking about yesterday how I I really want to go to Lebanon. I want to go to Israel in the next few years. Like that's why Lebanon. I'm Lebanese. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Israel's great. I mean, Israel gets a lot of shit because there's some areas in Israel that are bad. Uh, But we've also you've been to Cleveland, so (laughs) (laughs) East Cleveland, my dude. Jerusalem is as Jerusalem is probably as safe, if not safer, than East Cleveland. And I, I don't mean that in like any play on words, but like you don't go like obviously you don't fucking go to like the borders and shit like that. Right. Like you don't there's State Road is an area in Israel that their big thing is that they just get bombed all the time. Like don't visit State Road probably, but you know, there's like a in Jerusalem, everyone's like living on top of each other. So everyone's 
the, the weird thing about Israel, about Jerusalem specifically, and they don't tell you. Have you ever been? Either of you ever been there? No. Okay, so for the most part in Jerusalem, the vibe is that it's a bunch of different groups that hate each other that don't want to fuck up the status quo for the most part. So there is that like, you know, there is like the Palestinian quarter and like the Jewish quarter and stuff like that. But they both know, but like, the, the, I, this may change because it's been like, I haven't been there for a bit, but from what I remember, the vibe was like, the Palestinians were like, we don't want to fuck with the Israelis because legitimately they're very scary big they have a lot of big big guns and the israelis knew that they didn't want to fuck with the uh the palestinians there because they knew that they would lose the pr war and like at the same time like terrorism is scarier in a lot of ways so it was like this weird thing where like they don't want to like fuck with each other uh like the palestinian there's the palestinian police and like the israeli police like are on working terms together like i'm very very working terms, if that makes sense. Like the most working terms possible, uh, which is something that's interesting about Israel. So it's your it's your like basic uneducated people who are just relying on religious dogma, like doctrine. Extremists and- on every side. Extremists yeah. on on every fucking side, and the extremists that the extremists on on the Palestinian side are awful and keep things from, from being, uh, from being fixed and from being, you know, conversations happening. And the Israelis that are fucking extremists on the Israeli side also keep it, uh, from progressing. So, you know, it's why it will never get fixed there. Although I will say coronavirus is the only thing to stop this Israel Palestine thing for a while. Like they're right. Climate the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, like yeah. also Israel handled coronavirus very, very well. Yeah. Hey, that's like the thing about Israel. They lock down immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Netanyahu, you know, that's his thing. That's why he's not going to get, do you want to talk about like some annoying shit? He'll never get, re- I mean, he's not going to get removed now. I mean, he wasn't going to get removed before, but now he really isn't because he handled the coronavirus. Like that, that changed his, the narrative around him. Have you, uh, are you familiar with the hand in hand school? No. All right, so it is a uh, a school that integrates Palestinian and Israeli children. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things where, like, that's the that's the one thing that you don't hear about uh, when it comes to conflicts like that, or the people that are actually making an effort to come together and like learn about one another versus like you're not like me. Well, why do I like? I don't have time for that. And it's like that is a lot of key to all like connection between people is like there are these people from podunk idaho or podunk michigan whatever that are protesting like lockdowns when it's like how can you like somebody that has lived in a city like i like even just living in new york for two years i have a totally different perspective on on people because there are so many different people that you come into contact with so like how can you judge podunk. somebody who has lived in the same corner of the universe and has only interacted with the same people their entire lives and like expect to make a connection with them by being like you know you're you're There's a lot of like sports right. teams in Israel that are that are specifically integrated between like Israeli, which is a fucking weird term that you have to use for it, but like because it's accurate. And the fact that you're using terms like integration nowadays, and, yeah, and it's, it's just like, but, uh, Jim Crow. Uh, there are certain teams that are like you know we're like we are a Israel and Palestinian team. Like we have you know. I was gonna say my my genius comment before was that the uh, Podunk Idaho and Podunk Washington are the Sunni and Shiite uh, <laughs> of America. <laughs> it's so different, man. So different. Um, For sure. I mean, uh, all it takes is something like this to bring people together, just like a unifying, um, yeah. unifying experience. 
We, I, I, you hope to God that stuff gets better after this. Like yeah. you see, you know, the, the, you know, the bad stuff is coming. Like we, you know, you know, everyone, I think, I think one advantage to having so many shitty things happen in our lifetime specifically, because like realistically we've dealt with nine 11, a war and Trump. And those were all, those were like, or in 2008. Yeah. You know, those are like game changing once in a lifetime, but we've had like three or four once in a lifetime moments like to this point. I think one of the things that gives our generation a little bit of an advantage versus other generations is that we all know how this is going to play out. Like we know, I could, we could, I could have told you day one. And I did tell, I, everyone told. And so it wasn't like, we all knew nurses and anyone labeled essential were going to get fucked because of this. We know that insurance down the line, when they find out more shit about this, isn't going to cover it. Like we know financially who's going to suffer. We know financially who's going to win big. Like the stock market, of course, will win big. Like the banks, the financial institutions, they will win big. But we know that now. And I think that as a, as a society or stuff like that, because we're aware of how the fallout is going to be, some country is going to get blamed, and we're going to have tension with the, with fucking China. It's going to be like cold war. <laughs> you know, like there's shit like that is going to happen. There's going to be issues when like, class warfare is going to happen when they start releasing the uh, the uh, the vaccine. Who do you think is going to get the vaccines first? Fucking like, the basketball players are going to get vaccines first. There's like, it, there's, but you know this already. So like, you know this. Live your life with this information. And like, now that you know it, you can never say that you were blind to it. I don't think we can ever. One of the biggest things that pissed me off about the Facebook scandal about people being like, they were taking our data, huh? You didn't think that Facebook was fucking taking your data? Are you kidding me? It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. Like, be aware and act on that. Like, you're aware of it. Now act on that. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we're operating. Uh, so, I mean, technologically speaking, we are in 2020, but we're operating in a mid-1900s uh, world with like the people who are in power and it's like you can't you can't but is that, that to today's technology I'm sorry but is that weird 1900s uh, power or is that fucking every fucking power of all time and will forever be that it's just the way that it is it's, it literally is just the way that it is yeah this this though I mean I, I see this as, a, as an opportunity I mean we've disrupted the strat status quo so why not continue doing that in, in other things like Small stuff, yes. I think, but because I, I, another thing is that the world exists outside of finance and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it definitely, it's an opportunity in a lot of ways in comedy and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you guys are so optimistic. It's driving me crazy. I am thinking like we're all fucked when things like um, wearing wearing or not wearing a mask becomes politicized. That's and then you know during uh, past past pandemics. We've saw the we've seen the the so the 1918 pandemic we saw the rise of fascism and the Nazi party. I don't. I'm a firm believer in the fact that I think this time around America is not going to be on the right side of history when it comes to those things. And I am horrified about what's going what's coming down the pipeline, especially since you know you you saying earlier about when we finance the banks, we know who's getting bailed out of this thing we've seen it already once in our lifetime so i am extremely worried about how people are going to respond this time around because it's old hat for us you know so we we've been already fucked once how many times are we going to roll over and keep getting fucked 
the way we have been. There's never going to change. You have to stop looking at it as like getting rolled roll over and getting fucked. And you got to like work within the parameters. Like this is reality. You can't, it's not going to get changed. Like it just is not going to get changed. But uh, you know what the thing is? This is the fucked up part about this is that realistically finance is one thing. And then finance got affected by like in 2008. And then we saw the, the rich people, you know, were the ones that succeeded at the end of with a health crisis, rich people aren't succeeding in finance. They're succeeding in their own personal health. So the fucked up thing that's going to happen that we all see is with, first of all, it already happened. They were testing hydrochloroquine on like veterans. Like I know that Africa apparently turned down. They wanted to be like, the not they wanted to be, but there were companies that were planning on like testing just like fucking people in Africa because as if they were guinea pigs and stuff like that. Like we know like, it, when eventually this vi- this uh, this uh, vaccine becomes like available, we're not going to get the first round of it. Like the Kushners are going to get the first round of it, and then the basketball players are going to get the, the first and the second round, and then uh, the Upper East Side is going to get it, and then the rest of us is going to get it. It's insane. It, it just so, it, a couple of days ago, there was that article about how like was it nine thousand out of the twelve thousand churches that applied for PPP got it. And like, meanwhile, like no one else has, like very few other companies have, or it's like very few and far between which other companies have. Like, yeah, like Fortune 500 companies getting it. Like, you, yeah. Have- and then having returned, I can I just say, I legitimately do think that that was a clerical error. Yeah. I have, because I think that there was something where like Shake Shack, Shake Shack's perspective, like, why wouldn't they apply for this like low interest loan? Mm-hmm. And I think that the government needed to set better guidelines about who, would have been, who it was weird to me that Shake Shack had the ability to apply for it to begin yeah. with. I think it's fair to say that every step of the way, the federal government has fucked this. Yeah, there's yeah. been no leadership. Yeah, the fucking idiot who this guy doesn't take it seriously to this day. Every other person in government takes it seriously, except for the guy who's calling the shots. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, all we needed is just a unifying message. I mean, that's it. Just something, just be like, it's gonna be okay. This is what we can do from this. Like, come together, help other people. That's all. And that's what. And that's, that's what Pence was. Yeah, Pence was that. Fauci was that. But they kind of sidelined. But I also think Fauci kind of sidelined himself because he doesn't want to get sidelined in the bigger picture. I actually, I'm a big. I don't think Fauci should talk anymore publicly. I think he should work behind the scenes completely because I, I'm worried that Trump is going to fire him or something. I think they they got to do what they do with like all the other like the press secretaries and stuff like that. Like have a bunch of low ranking scientists just like say stuff and keep on getting taken out, and you know like but keep like the real scientists going behind the scenes. That's not a bad idea. Um, all right, dude, I, I love talking about this. Um, I, I really want to get to. I, I feel like we'll probably split this up into two episodes, honestly. Um, oh, thank you. Sorry for rambling. Yeah, no, no, oh, it's, it's been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed this. And any any opportunity at human connection with somebody? Oh else, my god! Like therapy. I am here for it. Hey, thanks for listening to our first episode of a two part episode on coronavirus and cancer, both uplifting topics, featuring comedian Aton Levine from New York City, Jeremy Demery. And David Horning. We've got a second part of this episode coming up, so if you stay tuned, next Monday we'll feature that. That's Memorial Day, which is appropriate for the topic at hand. But also, following that, 
the day after Memorial Day, that is Tuesday, May 26, 2020, we'll be featuring our coronavirus special episode known as Get It Out of Your System, which is what doctors want people to do who have coronavirus, where we take our favorite coronavirus-themed jokes that we've all written since this whole thing has started and bring them to you, and we decide whether or not they're worth keeping or worth getting out of our system. So stay tuned for that. But until then, let your friends know about You Can't Laugh at That because when it comes down to it, there is nothing out there that isn't funny enough that you can't laugh at. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.